Hi there. You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 111. For me, it's all about having a process, having a system, and breaking things down into manageable pieces. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I want to introduce you to Morgan Sutton. Morgan directs all business operations, logistics, and online automation systems for social media educator Sue B. Zimmerman. Since the company's start almost five years ago, she has been a core driver of the development of Sue B.'s popular brand and online education courses. As a certified entrepreneur consultant, Morgan is responsible for the back-end operations of SBZ and is passionate about making the lives of small business owners easier efficient and effective systems. Her love of automation and a well-organized spreadsheet allows the team to run like a well-oiled machine. Morgan has also shared her excitement for social media analytics and marketing systemization on the creative live stage in courses called Sell More with Instagram and Get Social, Connecting Your Business Channels. She is here today to share all of her expertise with us, and I cannot wait to dive in. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. <laughs> you are so welcome. And I've already told you we are a bunch of creatives here listening and excited to hear everything about you. But first, give us a little insight into you as a person through describing your motivational candle. If you were to help us envision what that would look like for you, what color would the candle be and what would be the quote? So my candle color is blush pink, a little softer pink color. And my quote is, whatever you are, be a good one by Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln, I'm a fangirl of. I love learning about presidents and history. So little nerd fact for you. And I think that this quote, whatever you are, be a good one, just means we're not judging who you are or what you do or what you love, but just make sure that you put your whole heart into it when you do dive into something. So that's my favorite quote, and I put it in my office. So be the best you that you can be with whatever you're doing. Exactly. Wonderful. All right. I know you have so much information, so we are just going to get right to it now. And I have some specific questions as you and I were talking about, oh my gosh, you know, what do you talk about? Because you have so much. We've decided to dive into a couple specifically that gift biz listeners, I know you're going to be really interested in. But before we do, share with us a little bit of how you've gotten to where you are and how you connected up with Sue B. Zimmerman in the first place. Sure. So Sue has actually known me since I was a kid. Fun fact there. She met me when I was about nine or 10 years old. So you were kind of interviewing back then. You just didn't know it. Exactly. I had no (laughs) idea that I was qualifying myself after sleepovers over breakfast. (laughs) Right. Because you were friends with one of her daughters, right? Exactly. I'm very good friends with one of her oldest daughters and I went to camp with her. So spent a lot of time in her house growing up. And after I started college, I went to school for engineering and I took a internship that was a little 
predictable and I was kind of bored. It was my second or third summer in the job and I was stuck in a cubicle and really concerned that that was going to be my future. And so I told Sue's daughter, Amanda, over dinner in Boston one summer, you know, I'm already two, three weeks into this internship and I'm bored. And is this what work is going to be like? And she said, you're kidding me. You're bored. Call my mom. My mom always needs someone. (laughs) Go work for my mom. (laughs) So at the time, Sue actually owned Subi Doo, which was our store on Cape Cod. And she was in her third or fourth summer there and was looking for a manager. So I quit my internship, you know, gave them the notice and moved down to the Cape and spent time with Sue and ran the store for her. And at that time, Sue had just kind of been diving into social media. So this is like five years ago and was starting to teach workshops in her house. And so I helped her run those workshops and returned back to college like I had had a better summer that I ever thought that I could have, but not really knowing that I was expecting something bigger to come out of it. And Sue called me in October after I had settled into school and said, you know, I'm really enjoying teaching these workshops, but there's this thing called teaching online and I want to start doing that, but I need help to figure out all the technical stuff. Will you figure it out? And so we kind of went from there. Uh, So I was a junior in college and we started Stupid Zimmerman Enterprise where we teach social media online through webinars, through workshops, through travels and speaks. And we have online courses. And that's five years ago. So I went through, finished my college degree, went through grad school in engineering management. And I'm, like you said, in charge of operations for our business and all of our project management. I also deal with all the technical side of what it is to have our business and brand online. So that's why we're going to kind of dive into ads because that's one of my major responsibilities for us. You've been with her from the start, but you've also been with online courses because a lot of this has just gotten big over the last five years too. You were right there in the beginning and learning with everybody as the whole online course scene kind of came to the forefront. Totally. And I'm completely self-taught in this space. So, I mean, it takes a lot of research and a lot of work in that. And we were able to jump onto Instagram before Instagram really was a thing. Our original sales pitch in Instagram was people saying that, well, it's only for my teenagers. How is it going to actually work for my business? You know, that was a main question that we were consistently answering. So we've gone from Instagram being something that we had to convince people of to now people finally understanding that it's a really, really powerful platform, which is cool to have gone through that whole thing over five years. Sure. All right. So I know that a lot of our listeners are very familiar with Facebook, clearly. Facebook in a way started that way too. It was for the younger generation and people kind of took over. And I also know that a lot of our listeners have also had experience with Facebook ads, but Instagram still for a lot of us is, I mean, we're out there, we're on the platform, but should you use it for advertising? Should you not? Can you give us a little insight of the comparison between the two and when you should be using one versus another? Sure. So if you're already running Facebook ads and you have a Instagram account, it's a no brainer to be sharing ads on Instagram. And that's because Instagram is owned by Facebook. So it's very, very easy to get ads running on Instagram if you're already doing it on Facebook. I recommend running ads on Instagram when you have a Instagram account because it's one more hyperlink that you can have on there. So the first thing that you should really consider is, do I have an active Instagram account? Am I going to decide to grow it? Because fun fact, you actually don't need an Instagram account to run an Instagram ad. You can run them from your Facebook business page and just have the account not hyperlinked. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. With an active Facebook business page, you can be sharing your ads on Instagram and be attracting people with the ad being hyperlinked. But you're obviously missing the opportunity to grow an Instagram account as well, where that account would be hyperlinked too. I suggest to take that extra step and have that Instagram account because you never know when you're going to start getting really active on that. But yeah, you can run ads with just a business profile. So let's just lay the groundwork that if you're thinking of running ads on Instagram. You probably ought to start an Instagram account. Yeah. And if you don't know anything about Instagram, Morgan, where shall they go? Head over to SueBeeZimmerman.com. That's what we do all day long is teach Instagram for small business owners, for creators, just like all of you. So start there if you're looking. We have a strategy, a free Instagram strategy guide right on SueBeeZimmerman.com if you're looking to just get started on Instagram. But once you've laid that groundwork and started your profile, you can start your ads right from there. Okay, perfect. So like I said, let's just say, you know, if you haven't done it already, you're looking at Instagram in any way, get over, get acquainted with it. And I would suggest, and this is what I'm experiencing from my accounts, Morgan, is I'm attracting different audiences in Facebook versus Instagram. And that's what I believe is the reason to run ads too, to both. Would you agree? Definitely. I mean, there's big opportunity in both places. And because the ads feature is something that's integrated, you know, you can set up an ads manager or power editor at the same time. To me, it's a no brainer. It's a why not? I also am finding that my cost per conversion, I run most of my ads are for conversion. I'm finding that my cost for conversion on Instagram is much lower than that of Facebook. When I let everything do its thing and look at the data afterwards, that Instagram is beating Facebook with cost per leave. It actually happened in 14 out of 17 audiences in a test I ran. And for eight of the audience, the cost per leave were half of that of the Facebook costs. Wow. So definitely something to test if you haven't done it already. Big opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What about the graphics and the messaging? Is there something different that you should put in on each platform? Well, I would say that you just want to make sure that what you're putting on either place, Facebook or Instagram, feel really native to the platform. So for me, that means using a lot of high quality images on Instagram the same way that you would use it to regularly post. I think what's cool about Instagram is that it's not as busy as Facebook is. So I mean, there are so, so many people on Facebook. If I was starting a business tomorrow, I would start on Facebook just point blank. But the cool thing about Instagram is that when you're serving ads there, it's really integrated in the newsfeed and you're not having a lot of busy stuff all over on the sides and the right side ads and stuff like that. So I love that ads are less noticeable and more native on Instagram. And so if you pick an image that feels natural and native to Instagram, something that's high quality and visually appealing and interesting, an ad just gets clicked because people are excited to be able to click into something, you know, there aren't a lot of live hyperlinks on Instagram. You only have one live link, which is in your bio. So that's another reason why investing in Instagram ads makes sense because you can have more live hyperlinks out to your website. Got it. Would you say that on Facebook, if you have an image, you might be putting text over the image, that type of thing? On Instagram, would you rely solely on the image versus putting any text so that people can really see that it's a promotion? 
I'd say it's all about testing. I do use text overlay on Instagram and still find success with ads. I do use really graphic images on Instagram and still have success with them when they're promoted with ads. You have the opportunity to try all the different types of things that you can do with images. And you can also promote images that are not only square, but landscape. You can run video ads on Instagram, carousel ads the same way as Facebook work on Instagram. So there's a lot of different visual interests going on. They also launched IG stories ads, which are ads that pop up between people's stories. So kind of like what they had on Snapchat. And that's something that a regular user can put in as long as uh, the video is of the proper dimensions that it you know feels fluid with the story. So there's a lot of different opportunities in putting a little bit of money behind things on Instagram and having great results. Perfect. Okay. And if any of you Instagram stories, what is that? I don't know what she's talking about. Jump back two episodes to number 109, where I talked directly with Subi and we covered everything about Instagram stories. So the targeting in terms of the audience targeting is pulling from Facebook data. So is it exactly the same type of thing in terms of the way you would set up your ads on the back end with the targeting? Exactly. All right. So Gift Biz listeners, what Morgan is suggesting is number one, although you can do it, it makes sense to start your Instagram account if you haven't done so already. And then secondly, start testing. There's an audience right there available, maybe new people that you haven't been exposed to yet, even if you are running Facebook ads. So it's not a big leap to add Instagram into the mix. Test and try it out. It might be a goldmine for you that you didn't know existed until now. Check it out and let me know how that works for you. Let's talk now also because you are the one to do everything the best that you possibly can. Back to your quote. <laughs> what do you do and what is your advice for really being as productive and as efficient as you can when you start building your content? Sure. So for me, it's all about having a process, having a system and breaking things down into manageable pieces. So first thing that I do when I'm looking at a project and I really consider uh, content creation, a project, your social media marketing, a project, all those different facets of your business are things that aren't just one task, but have many different steps. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that when you're working on something, whether or not it's an ad campaign or getting a blog up, that there are probably seven steps to that and breaking it down in that way so the pieces are more manageable. So the first thing that I do is you know, take the project, break it down into steps, and the steps are things that I can accomplish in one sitting. So first you ask yourself, what is one sitting for you? Are you someone that needs to get up and walk around every 15 minutes? Then a task should really be broken down into that kind of size. Or are you someone that can plow through an hour and not notice that the time has passed? Then maybe a step is a little bit of a larger chunk. But I like to make sure that a project gets broken down into tasks. That's my first thing. Okay. And when you say seven steps, that's what you have. Your system, based on the way you do material and post everything, you have seven steps. But someone else, based on the time that you would put it to a task, you know, to your point, mm -hmm. whether it's smaller time, longer time, and the different steps based on how you post. Are you doing video? Are you doing a blog that goes to an image? You know, all those different variables. So the first thing to do is figure out what your individual structure is. Is that right, Morgan? 
Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's about understanding all the pieces that are going to go into something before you get started. So a roadblock doesn't come up and you don't end up putting up that blog post because what can happen is that you forget that your blog needs to include a header image that you need to make on Canva. And you get there and you're like, well, I didn't want to go into Canva today or I, you know, that's really overwhelming to me. And so then you don't end up putting up the content. So I think it's important to break it down so that there are as few roadblocks as possible. Totally agree. And, you know, to your point about processes and systems, as I've started doing that more, just a tip, I'll want your enhancement on this, Morgan, is even if you don't know everything right at the beginning, start documenting what your steps are, because then the next article that you put up, you'll be all the more efficient. Because let's talk about the header image. If you forgot that that's what you needed to do, it took more time, you had to edit it in the back end, the next time you go to put a blog post up, you'll know all your steps, and then you can follow all those steps. And later, as you grow, or if you have help, you have a system already established. So it's much easier to be able to pass that project on to somebody else down the road. Completely, 100%. And it also helps you protect from having to redo things. I mean, for instance, doing this podcast, just recording it and getting us to live probably had four to five steps. Things like grabbing a water, getting your notes from today, pulling up the recording uh, tool, making sure that your microphone was connected properly. Those are things that we could get to the end of this recording, Sue, and you could be like, my mic wasn't set up properly. I sound muffly. Wait a second. Do I re-record? Do I have to call Morgan back? Am I going to preface that it's muffly? Is no one going to notice? You know. So because you put out a lot of content, we put out a lot of content, and we always want to make sure that it's as quality as possible. And so if Sue doesn't remember to plug in her mic, but we do two different, say, take one and take two of video, but one is mic plugged in and one doesn't, then the audio is inconsistent. So if she has a little sticky note there that reminds her to check that audio, then you're protected from wasting time down the road trying to fix things. Perfect. So quick question for you. So this is valuable to everybody and actionable right when we're done recording now. If someone was doing a very basic blog, okay, they're just starting out, can you give them three or four steps that should be included in their process? Sure. So if you're going to do a basic blog, the first thing that I would be deciding is how many blogs are you putting out per month or per quarter? And what are the topics going to be? So we do a planning phase of our blog and our topics are normally scheduled out 10 to 12 weeks in advance. But even if you're two or three topics ahead, that lets you know what you should be mulling over. So once you've done that kind of calendar stage, then I would say your next step is writing the draft of the bullets that you're going to be covering, you know, an outline of that blog. Then the next step could be actually writing the rest of the copy. Then the next step could be doing the graphics for the blog. And then finally, I believe a step is putting the blog into your website and dealing with the SEO and hitting that publish button. Setting up the blog physically in your site is a task in itself too that you can end up getting you know, bogged down in. So I'm not sure, how many steps was that? That was five steps. The steps were calendar, getting yourself onto some type of a posting calendar with the topics and whatever frequency it's going to be, then doing a rough draft, kind of like a bullet point of what you're going to be talking about, then go back in and fill it in as you're getting closer to your posting date. 
add your graphics in and then uploading it into your, whether it's a WordPress site, whatever your platform is for publishing, checking all the SEO, all of that. And then I'd add another step on top of that. We were just getting to the point of publishing and getting it live. But you guys remember, not everyone is going to see that blog just because you've published it. So this is where posts will come in. Facebook posts, Instagram posts, newsletters to your customer list, because you want everybody to know that there's a new article, new information that because you've done your research, you know your customers want to see that it's available for them to look at and to improve their business with or whatever your topic is. Totally. I feel silly that I forgot. The biggest step is campaign for it. You know, we spend probably half a day a week campaigning about a blog, like you said, through writing a newsletter, shipping it, live stream, Instagram, Facebook. Sometimes I run ads directly to that blog. So that's a whole other checklist. I completely agree with you. You would put that as a whole nother step. Yeah, promotion. Perfect. And I had only asked you to get to the point of live. So, (laughs) but I see so many people like, why don't I have any engagement? Why don't I have any comments? Well, nobody's seeing it, you know, and you kind of forget that sometimes. All right. Another thing that I really wanted to get to with you, Morgan, is I know you guys, you have a team. So you have multiple people looking at everything and, and producing and people jumping in and out based on their different tasks. Not all of us are like this, but you're super structured and you have a system for handling all of the images. Because I think Sue takes a lot of the images, then you and Rachel both have to access them. How is that all set up so that it's an easy and smooth enough system for you all three to work through? We're really dependent on Dropbox, which is a cloud storage system. And that's something that we all have on our computers and our phones. So we have a specific Dropbox file that is for all of our brand photos. So any kind of professional photo shoot that we've had. So there are like probably eight or so photo shoots over the last however many years where we have professional photos in there. And those are the clean images. Nothing has been put on them or there's no text. There's no graphic additional on it. It's just a place for us to be able to grab images. We actually use a graphic designer for our blog images. So what happens is is once Rachel has dictated what the title of a blog is going to be, I reach out to our graphic designer with our title and she creates a couple different types of images. And this is something that you could, again, add to your list and have be one task is not just the header image, but promotion images. So what I have Christina make for us is the header for the blog, the thumbnail for the YouTube, because we put out videos with our blog content. And then I have her make a couple other things for Sue to use for promotion of a specific blog. And that would be a GIF, so a video that she can use on Instagram that flashes the title that attracts attention, a Facebook ad-sized graphic, which is something that has 20% text or less, so it gets shared the most. A little bit different than the thumbnail because our thumbnail images have really big text and wouldn't clear that ads rule. And then I also have her make an Instagram square that someone, aka Sue, can use on Instagram to promote the blog a couple different times. So Sue would have a GIF and a graphic and I would have a Facebook ad and Rachel can share the link. And so we have a lot of different graphics coming out of each additional blog. Those graphics are all put in Dropbox by Christina as well. So there are easily able to be found by everyone on the team. You know, we have the folder of the brand images so everyone could find the clean images of Sue if you're looking for something to use on a passing day. Or if you're looking to promote something specific, we have an additional folder that's for 
blog and YouTubes and goes on each of those platforms. Perfect. And the one thing I want to underline for those of us who are still working alone, which is absolutely fine, efficiency is so important. Canva that Morgan has referenced is a great place because it'll take one image and resize it for different platforms. But it's really smart, again, Morgan, to your whole idea of having the steps and the processes so that you can follow them time and again. If you do everything you need to do with that one image at the same time, you are saving yourself so much time. Even if you don't know for sure if you're going to use it, it's so much faster just to quickly get them all taken care of, put them in your own folder, and your system is so smooth and clean, Morgan, because it's you. By the way, you guys, there is terminology for Morgan. It's called Morganized. So that's how known (laughs) she is with her processes and just making sure that everything stays nice and smooth and clean in terms of processes. So, but just again, back to that point is once you're working with an image, just take care of every single size that you need with that image. I think the other thing that maybe I don't even have to point out, but I will, is you always keep that initial image clean. You don't affect that image. I'm sure Christina pulls it out, makes a copy and uses it. So those original images are always there, ready and accessible for another time and haven't been distorted in any way. Exactly. And to go back to making all of the different versions, you may not use it right then, but you may use them in the future. So we make the GIF graphics every week, but sometimes Sue may use a you know standalone image or a video or something to promote it instead of this graphic. But then if I go and make an ad to promote that blog down the road, which I just did last week, I put together a video ad that is promoting a couple of different blogs. And those images were already done. So when I finally decided, hmm, maybe we should nurture our list with a few different blogs and share that via Facebook ads. And those images were already done because such a large part of producing ads is deciding what your image or video is going to be. But those were already created. So I didn't really have to talk to anyone else on the team in order to to run those ads. Wonderful. Okay, I think we're going to have to cut this part off here. We're not really going to have time to do a deep dive into automating your marketing, but can you give just a little overview and some advice for our listeners on why that's valuable? First, explain what what I'm talking about, what that means, and then why it makes sense to do. Sure. So automation, you know, small business automation or marketing automation are being able to use tools that can make a specific process run by itself, you know, run automatically. And the reason why that's helpful, especially with a small business is because there are certain actions that can be done without you touching them. So for instance, something like an email follow-up or a delivery of a ebook or sending a membership course access, those things could be done manually and you could get an order, have to manually type in what they are going to receive and manually send them an email, or it could all happen automatically. There's major power in that because you're getting time back from dealing with that kind of delivery. Perfect. And I think a lot of you I know are on email lists such as Constant Contact, some of the others that are out there, but I think Constant Contact is a big one. And they have also recognized how important important automation is. That particular platform has some limitations. As you go up, different platforms have different availabilities. But if you are on something like Constant Contact, not some of the more advanced ones like you're using, Morgan, or that I'm using, but what are a couple of the others? 
I send our clients to MailChimp a lot to get started. You can have a free account with under 2,000 contacts, or you can pay $10 a month to have automated emails, automated workflow set up. So I always start clients in MailChimp, and then I end up heading over to Entreport after they're you know, a couple years in business and really looking for that extra info. But another tool that's really cool that can have some automation is Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. I hope I always say it right. I always say Zapier. And it's a tool that allows you to connect different platforms online. So for instance, you know, receive a email from Google, add the person's contact to a Google doc. So you're able to automate tasks between different tools. So I use it for someone signs up for a webinar, add them to my email list in Entreport. Or someone decides to do a free 15-minute call with Sue, add them into my email marketing system. So that's a really cool tool that's pretty inexpensive that allows you to connect certain things and automate what you're doing. And there are hundreds of different combinations. I recommend checking that out. That's perfect. Another option for those people who are selling products, when you have a new customer come in, it's a great way to connect either through email or through Zapier. Thank you for your business, a little bit more about us as a company, you know, whatever, maybe some of that onboarding is. So another use for this type of thing as well. Exactly. All right, you are the productivity genius, so I am so excited to move into the reflection <laughs> section with you because we're going to grab some other goodies, I know. <laughs> but you as a person, what do you think it is that has made you so successful in terms of being able to just one-on-one -on -one connect with the automation processes and, and creating systems and all of that? Sure. So I really think that execution is everything and being able to problem solve and be resourceful has really affected how I've been able to go through building this business, mainly because there are so many different roadblocks and often people are scared of tools or scared to research. And I Google everything. And I know that people, you know, you Google if you're looking to read a restaurant review or something, but I Google very, very specific technical questions or when I'm looking for solutions for the business and always end up finding something. Rachel always jokes that, you know, Morgan's the one that, to go to the second page of Google. But being that resourceful and I'm not scared to solve a problem, you know, helps us get through more confusing situations executing and being resourceful and not letting it stop you. Right. Right. As you're moving forward. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of tools, Dropbox, Canva, Zapier, MailChimp. Is there another tool that we haven't hit on that you think would be valuable to talk about right now? Another tool that I use every single day is Google Drive. So if you have a Gmail email, which many of us do, Drive is something that's free that comes with your email. And basically the reason why I love Google Drive is because multiple people can work on documents at the same time and documents auto save. So there are many different types of documents in Drive, things that are as simple as a Word document, you know, just something that you're writing in or a form or a slide decks, you know, like uh, presentations are all in Google Drive. So they're all in cloud storage. So you can access them on your phone, which it's amazing the amount of things that I can do just in my car on the phone. 
and you can have many people edit them and it auto saves and shows those versions. If you're working with a VA or you have a team or you want your husband to read the email that you've been working on, it's really easy to share and have someone edit and be able to revert back if there are issues. So I love Google Drive and we use it every single day. Perfect. You know, I've just put the podcast production schedule, like, you know, here's who we've invited, here's who's scheduled, you know, then do we have their photo, like all of that in a drive document and I'm embarrassed to say it's the first time I'm really in a real big business way using Google Drive and I'm loving it. Yeah, I love to manage spreadsheets like that or financial goals or we communicate with our graphic designer through documents on Drive. So it's really, really powerful to be able to you know, share it and edit it on the go and access it from your phone and from an app. Perfect. Have you read a book lately that you think we should direct our listeners to? Yeah, so I'm just starting to read the 12-week year, and I was already blown away just from the first few chapters. It's about to produce what you can in a quarter that you would in a year, but it really has to do with the mentality behind the end of the year and the drive that the actual you know month of November's and December gives you. So having that same drive at the end of 12 weeks instead. So I highly recommend checking it out. And when I read in the first section, they said knowledge isn't power, execution is power. And fully what I believe that, you know, there's a lot of information out here. There's a lot of stuff for you to be exposed to. But a small business is a person. It's an emotional thing, you know, with needs and strengths and weaknesses. And what will really drive you forward is when you actually execute on what you're learning. So when I saw that in the first chapter, I was like, that's the quote that I've been looking for forever. Execution is power. There are so many courses that are available that are great courses, right? And just the nature of purchasing and going through a course is an activity, which is great. But so many people get stuck there. Then they'll go and buy another course and then they'll go to a conference, but they're never actually taking it back and taking action and applying it to their business. So really valuable information there with that. Who wrote the 12-week year? Brian Moran. Wonderful. And Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I'm not sure if this book is available on Audible, but many books are. And I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook for free on me. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make your selection. Okay. I now, Morgan, invite you to Dare to Dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? This is really hard for me to do. I love this question. I hope that I can continue to have the freedom that I have right now. So there's a lot of fear around entrepreneurship and being able to maintain the freedom that it gives you. And so I hope that I have this kind of flexibility and freedom to work wherever I am with whoever can connect with me online. I hope I have that for as long as I can. So for me, it's working from anywhere and being able to travel and see the world while I do it. That's the dream for me. You know, it's so nice that you found fulfillment already at such a young age, and you're such an expert also at such a young age. Thank you. And recognizing it already. 
So often we're always wanting, well, what's next? Move forward, move forward. I mean, you are sitting in time and recognizing and really appreciating what you already have today. And it's only going to get better from here, Morgan, you know. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> I can't wait to see. As a reminder, those of you who might be new to the show, I have a show notes page that gives all of Morgan's links, additional information, as well as a rundown of all of the different things that we've talked about here. And it's all time stamped. So if you need to go to a certain section because because you need to know a little bit more again about those images. Don't necessarily need to hear the whole show again. All of that is sitting for you over on the show notes page at giftbizunwrapped.com. All right, I think we are all set. Morgan, you have not disappointed. I knew you were going to deliver excellence here, and you absolutely have. I really appreciate your taking the time this morning, and I love your whole concept about freedom and happiness. You have a lot going on for you this year. Gift Biz listeners, I'm going to share that Morgan's getting married a little bit later this year. So, so excited and happy for you that that is happening. Thank you. And I wish you all the best in the future. I know I'll be talking to you. I'm not like signing off like I'm never going to talk to you again. (laughs) (laughs) But all of our wish for you is that you continue on the path that you're already on and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much for having me. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Do you know that you should be out networking but you just can't get yourself to do it because it's scary? Are you afraid that you might walk into the room and not know anybody? or that you're gonna freeze when you get up to do that infamous elevator speech where you talk about yourself and your business. Well, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't need to be scary if you know what to do. To help you with this, I would like to offer you a coffee chat. For the price of buying me a cup of coffee, we can sit down through an online video and I'll tell you everything that I know about networking and how I have personally built two multi-six-figure businesses, primarily through networking. You'll walk away with a solid understanding about how networking can truly grow your business. And you're going to have newfound confidence because I'm going to give you 10 fill-in-the-blank templates that you can use for your introduction message. To learn more about this opportunity, just go over to bit.ly forward slash network ninja. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash network ninja.